when you're relying on the transactional approach, you can get incremental growth. But if you want exponential growth, if you want exponential change, leveraging those transformational skills is the only way to do it. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA. And since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Every time we ask our clients, what else is needed to help make the construction industry more inclusive? We always hear the same thing. We need men to get involved. They need to understand what it's really like for women in the industry. But whenever we speak to men who want to be better allies in the workplace, they're often not exactly sure what they can do to help. That is why we came up with our latest free training, How Men and Women Can Create Opportunities Together. In this three-part series, we dig into the differences between transactional and transformational leadership. We look at why we need sponsorship versus mentorship, and we discuss how to build more inclusive cultures. Most importantly, we share practical ways both men and women can start making change within their companies right away. To access the replay, go to ambitiontheory.com forward slash together, and please share it with the women and especially the men that you work with. In September of 2022, Ambition Theory hosted a free three-part series called How Men and Women Can Create Opportunities Together. And we are sharing the audio version with you today. This is part one, where we talked about the difference between transactional and transformational leadership and why this is key in retaining talent. In our second part, we talked about why sponsorship, not mentorship, is the answer to accelerating the path to leadership for women. And in our third session, we shared actions that companies and individuals can take to make the culture more inclusive. I really hope you enjoy this series as much as our live participants did. We will be releasing the next three episodes. We'll be covering the series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part one. I want to actually talk about why we're here. This is a quote from the Financial Post in July of 2022. It said, this is the headline, labor shortages are leading to canceled projects and superheated construction sector. I am sure if you're here, you are feeling that talent shortage and the effects of it in your company. Someone else said, and this is the Brian Termail, he's the Associated General Contractors of America, Senior Executive Director of Public Affairs. He said on CBS News, Women are absolutely an untapped market. We are fighting workforce shortages with one hand tied behind our back. And then he went on to say, it's everything from the basics, like take the pinup calendar off the trailer wall to more fundamental changes and thinking about how do we create an environment that's more welcoming? How do we listen to new people? And that is what the focus is of the three sessions that we're going to have this week is really how do we make that environment welcoming so that women want to work in the industry, women want to grow their careers here, and how do we actually leverage what they bring to the table? How do we listen to these new people that we're going to bring into the industry? 
Before we go any further, I want to take you through our survey. In 2021, we did a national women in construction survey. So we surveyed people all across Canada. We asked them, like, what's it like being a woman in the industry? I would say this is representative of pretty much most companies. So we had quite a few responses. So we're pretty confident that it's likely the companies that you work at, women are experiencing in your companies. So the first question we asked was, how has being a woman been an advantage for you? And how do women really deliver value to their company when they're in a leadership position? The first one is it helps make the overall stakeholder atmosphere more comfortable for everybody. So they really contribute to positive team dynamics. Women think differently than men, which results in great conclusions and ideas that are contributed. There's that diversity of perspective that women really bring to, to their teams in the industry. It makes interactions more memorable. You're considered more trustworthy. Women enhance relationships when they're there on the part of the team. It fosters a more professional and collaborative environment for everybody. We've heard from so many people that the professional standards on the job site, in the meeting, they're elevated when there's women on the team. So they do bring a lot of value in that perspective. Having the emotional and social skills to deal with colleagues' personality conflicts. So women are great at resolving conflicts and the interview process and actually getting jobs. So many women have told us, they're like, yeah, you know what? The clients were women. Most of the decision makers on that client side were women. And because I was there, because I was a part of that interview, I think it really helped build rapport with the client. And that's what got us to win the job. So women really help their companies to win more jobs. And I want to talk about leadership because the truth is leadership is a spectrum. On one side of the spectrum is that traditional top-down approach. And then on the other side of the spectrum is that transformational side, which is about creating a vision, guiding and inspiring others. I want to be really clear. One is not better than the other. And in the construction industry, you absolutely need both. So you need to lean into your transactional leadership skills when you're managing a project, you are working on a budget, you are delegating tasks, you're really trying to get the milestones done in the project. And this is really in the industry so, so important to really have that ability to lean into those transactional leadership skills. On the other side of the spectrum, when you need your transformational skills, it's about when you're working with the client and you want to deepen that relationship so that you can get more work out of them. It's when you face a problem that you've never faced before and you have no idea how to solve it, that transformational approach is a lot better because you, instead of telling people how to solve the problem, you are actually inviting people in to contribute their expertise to kind of find a solution to move forward. So one is not better than the other and the construction industry absolutely needs both. And I just wanna check in with everybody. Have you seen these both sides of the spectrum in the industry? You can type it in the chat. What do you think about this model? So Angela says, mostly you've seen transactional in the industry. Okay, yes. That, I love that you made that comment because researchers have studied this, transactional versus transformational leadership. Overall, what they've found is that women naturally veer more towards the transformational side of the spectrum and men naturally veer towards that transactional side of the spectrum. And not to say that there are not men who are transformational leaders and women who are not transactional leaders, but most of the time, that's the default style of leadership. And in construction, Angela, thank you so much for making that comment. You're mostly seeing transactional leadership styles in the industry because 
the industry is so dominated by men. If you think about how do people rise to leadership and you think about how do companies actually decide who should be put in a leadership position, who should we develop, who's ready for that next level, what they typically do. And a friend of mine, his name is Jeffrey Tobias Halter. He came on my podcast and he explained it to me this way. He said, Andrea, when companies are deciding who gets to go to the next level, how do we know what behaviors that we need to reward? What they do, they'll typically hire a consultant or someone from HR and they'll sit down with the most successful leaders in that company. So they will will look to that executive level and they'll sit down with those people and write down the behaviors that they that they do. So write down what they do as a leader. The interesting thing about construction, because it is so male dominated, especially at that senior leadership level, most of the behaviors that they're documenting, most of the behaviors that they're looking for are those transactional behaviors because men at the top naturally veer towards that side. So then what they do is they'll write down those behaviors and then they'll try to reverse engineer. So they'll look for people in the company who are demonstrating those behaviors and say, you are the one that we want to develop into leadership. This is what we're going to reward on our performance management system. This is what we're going to put in the job description for the skills that we're looking for. So that's why mostly you see that transactional leadership as the dominant style in the construction industry. And Trisha says, mostly transactional, including my own preferred style. That is really interesting, Trisha, and I'm going to comment on that a little bit later. We have a slide coming up from our survey that talks about what happens when you lean too much into that transactional style and what can happen when you do that. So wait for that, and I'm going to address that in a little bit. So one thing that we did, all of our curriculum is certified by the Canadian Construction Association's Gold Seal Standard. When we were working through that process last year, what we did is I presented this idea to a bunch of senior HR professionals across Canada. And I asked them, I'm like, is this the case? What do you think about this concept? Is this happening for you? And they said, yes, absolutely. It is happening. But the exciting thing was one of them actually said, what someone from a really big company said, Andrea, we, this is happening. We've actually recognized it and we're taking action and we're going to do a better job at measuring those transformational leadership skills. So that ability to set a vision, that ability to inspire others. So Angela, you have a question? You can definitely turn your microphone on. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I insist a quick anecdote. And I heard it summed up best in talking to somebody. They owned a small mechanical contracting company, but they, and I think it's especially relevant in like the boomer generation. A lot of people in management now came from the trades, came from the tools. And his saying was, as plumbers, we make excellent plumbers, but as managers, we make excellent plumbers because they still have that same mentality. So, you know, it's a little bit of a shift there. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, I love that antidote. And that is really like that assumption of what does it actually take to lead, right? It's this assumption that if you work way up, if you're really great at those technical skills, that you're ready to get to that next level. And that's how most people today get promoted. Pretty much every industry, you're good at that technical skills, you move to the next level. But the reality is leading takes a different skill set. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great analogy, Angelo. I want to talk about, I know some people say when they see this transformational leadership, it's about setting a vision, it's about inspiring others. Some people say, Andrea, that's a little fluffy, right? Like construction is a for-profit business. Like we are here to make money. So yeah, like we could, you know, be able to like help people find their purpose, but that does not lead to profit. So we, you know, we it's not going to work. It's not going to work in the industry. And I want to share a story about Lisa Laurent. So Lisa Laurent is the president of Powell Contracting. And I got to meet her last year and I first connected with her on LinkedIn. And I was so curious about her because I was looking at her employment history. 
And she'd only been in the construction industry for six years. And she was the president of a road general contractor. So she's building roads, building infrastructure. And I talked to her about this and she shared this story on our podcast. And I was so curious as to how she got in that position. Because like Angelo says, right, you most people start out with the tools and they work their way up and or they have an engineering background. And that's how they get to become a senior leader in the construction industry. But Lisa's completely different story. So she is an accountant. So she started before construction. She was working at a display company. So she worked at a company that made displays for grocery stores. She got into Powell as the controller. So she started out in accounting and she was quickly promoted to executive vice president, then the president. And it's really interesting what skills she uses. Because you think about that, she is an example of the extreme side of the transformational spectrum. Lisa has zero technical skills. She does not know how to manage a project. She doesn't have an engineering background. She really doesn't understand all the details of fulfilling a road contract. She doesn't have that expertise. But what she does have is she has the ability to rely on her team. So her leadership approach, completely transformational, where she's relying on the the team's expertise instead of her own expertise. And what happens is that it actually makes the expertise of the team exponentially larger than anything that Lisa could know. Because all she's doing is relying on people that are on her team to solve the company's problems. She she leverages them, she inspires them, she invites them to contribute into the vision that the company is trying to achieve. And the really exciting thing about this is that when Lisa started working at Powell, the company was around 75 million in revenue and they were working in Ontario only. And six years later, the company is over $200 million in revenue and they've expanded across Canada and into the US. That's what happens when you leverage transformational leadership skills. So when you're relying on the transactional approach, you can get incremental growth. But if you want exponential growth, if you want exponential change, leveraging those transformational skills is the only way to do it. That's what Lisa was able to do. That's kind of what the opportunity is in the construction industry when you leverage women leaders, when you leverage those transformational leadership skills that they naturally have to contribute more to your company and engage the team. And now you're probably thinking, okay, fantastic. Like, how do I get more people like Lisa and hire them to work at my company, right? Like who wouldn't want someone that is able to grow the knowledge of the team exponentially, that's able to grow the revenue exponentially? Of course, you want to attract people like that. Of course, you want to develop people like that. And I want to talk about why we don't see more women leaders in the construction industry in Canada today. So the first one, and this is from our survey. So 44% of women have never had a woman manager or role model. So what this looks like is almost half of women working in the industry today have never actually seen a real life example of a woman leading um, in their company. So they don't actually know what that looks like. So when you're trying to look for that leader, it's like, okay, you're looking around. You don't see an example of a woman leveraging her transformational leadership skills in their company. Most, almost half of women have never seen that in their company. Amanda says, if you can see it, you can be it. If you can't see it, um, and that's a quote, actually, thanks for sharing that, Amanda. That's a quote that one of our participants said in our, one of our courses. They're like, when they, when we shared this stat with them, they're like, yeah, if you can see it, you can be it. So getting more women into leadership is so important if we do want to attract women into this industry because they don't see that they can have a successful career. If they don't see that they can rise through the ranks and create and have opportunities, they're not going to want to work in this industry. They're not going to be attracted to it. 48% said 
the metrics of success for women and men are different. So and this is what people said. They experience this every day or regularly that this happens to them. And this is probably the most important statistic that we got out of our survey. So that women in construction face a double bind. So when we asked women, what kind of feedback do you get about your leadership skills? 78% said they've been told that they need to be more confident, but 70% have been told that they need to be less bossy. And how this plays out. So you're a woman in construction and you're like, I'm ready to get to that next level. You ask your boss, okay, what do I need to do? What's What leadership skills do I need to work on? And your boss says, okay, you need to work on your confidence. You're like, okay, I need to act like a confident leader. So you're a woman, you go and you look around your company, you look at the most confident leaders in your company, you look at their behaviors and you say, you know what? I am going to emulate them. I'm going to copy the leadership behaviors that they are demonstrating because that's exactly what my boss said to do because I need to show up more confidently. And remember, almost half of women have never seen a real life woman leading in the industry. And most senior leaders are men. So women will kind of copy those behaviors. They'll be assertive. They will be confident. They'll give direction. And then later, they get a call into their boss's office that says, hey, you know what? You're coming across as too bossy. You need to tone it down. As a woman, you're confused because you're like, am I supposed to be more confident or am I supposed to be less bossy? Like, how am I supposed to behave as a leader? And this goes down to how women and men are socialized in our society today. So women are supposed to be nurturing and caring and friendly, but leaders are supposed to be assertive and confident and give direction. So if a woman shows up as assertive and confident and gives direction, it's kind of out of alignment with how they're expected to behave in society. So that's what kind of where we get that double bind. That's where women face that backlash, which is like, ooh, you're acting too aggressive. Um, sometimes they'll call them like a not nice word. And that's where you get that feedback about being too bossy or aggressive. Whereas if a woman shows up as nurturing and caring, how is she supposed to in society? Then she gets this feedback that, you know what? You don't actually have what it takes to be a leader. So this is the thing that is really holding women back is this double bind, is this double expectation that you need to be confident. But if you show up as confident, you come across as aggressive, or too bossy. And this is a tightrope that women have to walk every single day. This is not unique to the construction industry. This happens everywhere. Researchers have been studying this since the 90s. But when this, when these numbers came through on our survey, I was like, wow, the double bind is alive and well. And this is a real challenge that women face every day. And it's a real challenge that the industry is going to face if we really, really want to make that industry more inclusive for women. So I want to check in with all of you first. Does this make sense to you, this concept? Have you seen this in your company? Or are you like, Andrea, this like could never happen to me. This never, this doesn't happen. I'd love to know. So Janelle says very accurate. Sandra says definitely. Oh, Angela says 100%. Okay, great. So I'm going to move forward. You guys understand this content. Charmaine says this totally resonates not only for women, but specifically African-American women. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Charmaine. That is, yep, right on. So now I want to talk about what Ambition Theory does. So we have, what we do is we have, our mission is accelerating the path to leadership for women in construction. And we have multiple ways that we work with people. But one is we have a leadership training course specifically for women who are ready for that next level. And people always ask us, like, do we really need women-specific leadership training? People always ask me that. And I want to tell you about one of our participants. Her name's Lisa. So she took a course with us and she said at the end of the course, she said, Andrea, I was like, what was the most relevant 
different thing for you. She said, Andrea, the double bind. She's like, before I thought it was in my head. I thought it was only me. So she said when she takes a leadership course that's made for the construction industry, she takes a lot of them. She works at a big company. She gets lots of professional development. She says, I either have to, if I do exactly what the teacher says, like I go out and I apply the concept in my job, I do get that backlash, right? It doesn't always work. Like a man can take the leadership course and he can go and do exactly what the teacher says. And it usually works. Whereas if a woman does it, she risks that double bind backlash. And then she said, so I do that or I have to actually go away on my own and figure out like, how do I navigate this? How is this going to work for me? And that happens outside of the leadership course. I also want to talk about something that happened earlier this week. So this week I presented a similar presentation to the Ontario General Contractors Association. And someone came up to me after and they said, Andrea, that double bind slide, he's like, I am dealing with it right now. And this is a man. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Is like a woman on your team getting that feedback that she's too bossy. And he's like, no, actually, I'm getting the backlash. So this leader has said, you know what? They're a great woman on their team. They gave them an opportunity. They wanted to push them to develop their career. And then they're getting calls complaining that this person is being too aggressive or bossy. So that's the reality that we're facing today. And most leadership training in the construction industry, it doesn't actually address the double bind that women face. So this is a quote from one of our participants. And she said, I originally had some concerns about the training being only for women as I was worried that it could perpetuate prejudices against men. However, seeing people like myself in similar roles with similar challenges validated that I wasn't alone. Being in this setting allowed me to see that some of the traditional barriers women have faced in the construction industry are slowly fading. Don't get me wrong, there are still barriers to overcome, but they don't seem as impossible anymore. So this idea that really the way that we approach our, all of our leadership courses at Ambition Theory is we call out the elephant. So the thing is, once you know that the double bind exists, you can be strategic about it. There's things that you can do to get around it so that you can move forward. But where it gets really challenging is if you take the approach that leadership is equal and you just, you ignore the fact that leadership is a different experience for men and women, it doesn't serve women at all. The second thing I wanna talk about is why should men get involved? This is a really interesting question and how kind of women in construction initiatives have evolved over the years is that we are seeing a shift, like a dramatic shift. And I have to say the shift is happening literally like as we speak. Conversations that we are having are different this month than they were even in June. So more men are coming to us saying, how do we get involved? What do I do? What is my role to play? And I would say even a year ago, the industry wasn't ready for that. We weren't having those conversations. I want to talk to you about why. So we presented our data for the first time. So the first time we ever shared it with anybody was Women in Construction Week 2022. And again, that slide, I kind of keep going back to that slide with the double bind. So after that session, someone um, emailed us afterward and they sent a really long email thanking us for that opportunity. And I was a little bit confused because it was a free session just like this that someone had come to. And I wasn't sure what was going on because I didn't know this person. But so I gave them a call and I asked them the question. I said, so why did you like this session so much? Like, I'm sure you've gone to 10 Women Instruction Week sessions this week. What's, what stood out about ours? And he said, Andrea, when I saw that slide about the double bind, that women, they, they come across, they get feedback to be more confident, but they also get feedback to be less bossy. He's like, I didn't believe you. He's like, you can be confident and not bossy. Like I do it every day. Like I do it every day in my job. Like that is not a thing. And he said, 
you know what? But I was curious. I, so I decided to lean into my curiosity. And what he did, he's like, there might be something there. And I'm like, there probably is because this was a survey and data. Like it wasn't just like my opinion that this existed, but kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. And so he went on his own journey. So he said, at, right after that session, I got off the Zoom call and I talked to four women in my company. And I asked them, what was their experience? And our company actually has mentorship programs, has an employee resource group. It's like, I didn't think this would actually be a problem here, but they confirmed that it was true. And the exciting thing about that is he actually went on and he booked a meeting with his HR director to talk about how he could do more, how he could become a better ally, how he could help the company address this issue. So that's really why men need to be get involved, need to get involved, especially because if you look at the hierarchy today, most leadership positions are held by men and putting the burden 100% on women hasn't really changed things over the past couple of years. So those are things like an employee resource groups, like a women in construction group, which they're not bad. They're really, they're great. They're there for support. They're there for networking. They're great so that women can connect with each other. But those groups are not able to take action from an organizational perspective because the reality is most of those groups are filled up people with people in that middle management level and below because that's where most women are working in the industry today. Do you know what the number one question we get when speaking to companies about our Leadership Accelerator program for women in construction? We already have an internal leadership program or a mentorship program available, which is great. But the thing is, these programs don't work the same way for women as they do for men. There are many reasons why, but the most striking one, one that if you're a woman listening right now, you'll probably recognize right away. It's the double bind. We did some research last year and found that 78% of women were told that if they wanted to accelerate their path to leadership, they needed to be more confident. But 70% of those same women were also told that they were being too bossy. Basically, as soon as a woman embodies the traits most typically associated with leadership in the construction industry, they're faced with negative feedback. This is the double bind. And this is why specialized training for women is needed. If you want to learn more about how our Leadership Accelerator program can help you address the double bind and many other obstacles women face on the path to leadership, please visit ambitiontheory.com forward slash LAP. Another thing that a lot of organizations have in this industry wide, not just at companies, is mentorship programs where is the opportunity so senior level women in the industry sign up to be matched with the junior level woman and they get together and they try to help each other and those again it's still putting all of the onus to take action the all of the responsibility on those women so the exciting thing about what's happening right now is that organization especially like the Ontario General Contractors Association they're like no we actually need our executives to take action we need our executives to do something we need our executives to actually be educated about these things that we're talking about today so that they can actually shift that burden off of women's shoulders and place it on the organization knowing that the talent shortage is a big problem for the industry today that is the best thing that you can do in order to attract and retain more women is really take it off their shoulder so that they can show up, they can work, they can grow their careers 
and they don't need to be worried about trying to shift the culture in their organization. And you might be thinking, that sounds amazing, Andrea. Like, how do I do that? What do I need to do? So we actually have another session happening on Wednesday, and we're going to be talking about sponsorship. And that is how you can create opportunities. And that's for men and women. And it's really about shifting from a mentorship-based model, which mentor puts all of the onus on women to take action. Sponsorship is a shared onus to take action. And it's really where you can create opportunities, where you can leverage things. And in the five years that we've been working with women in construction, really honing in how we get women to that next level, this tool is the one that gets the results the quickest and has the most impact. So we will be talking about that on Wednesday. And lastly, I'm wondering if you can help spread the word. So there is such a need for more people to enter into the construction industry there is a huge opportunity for women to learn about this incredible industry. There's a huge opportunity for companies to figure out how do I actually recruit more women? How do I actually integrate them into the culture? How do I actually work on this from a cultural perspective so that we can attract women, we can retain them, and we can leverage those wonderful transformational leadership skills that they bring to the table to bring value to the company. I'd love it if you could share the registration link with the people that you work with. You can invite your manager, invite the men you work with, invite the women that you work with, invite the executives in your company. We've had multiple executives come to these sessions before and really and tell us like, you know what? I didn't really know. So there's not a lot of places where men and women can come together and listen to each other in a non-judgmental way. And that's what we're doing this week. You could help us spread the word. You could share it on the chat, the internal chat in your company. You could share it on LinkedIn. You could personally invite people and you don't actually have to come to today. You can join right in on Wednesday. We're also recording it. So you'll be able to, so they'll be able to watch the recording as well. And then they can join in this conversation. And the really interesting thing happens is when you take a session like this, when you attend something like this with others from your company, we've had people, when I'm looking at their faces, I see like four people on one zoom screen. Cause that's really where the action, where the magic happens is where you, when you take what we talked about today and you actually discuss it with the people that you work with, you actually continue the conversation about lean into that curiosity about like, how is this showing up in my company? Is this relevant to me? Who could I share this with? What should we do about it? When you have those conversations after this session is over, that's really where you get that exponential growth. That's where you create opportunities for your company. That's where you can create opportunities for the women that are in your company and the women that you want to attract. So please, please, please share the link with the people that you work with, with your colleagues. And then we can continue this conversation on Wednesday. And we're going to talk about sponsorship. Now, before we go, I'm wondering if anybody has any questions. And remember, I'm not going to judge you if you have any questions. Oh, Angelo has a question. Go ahead. Hey, sorry. And, you know, we connected on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm really you know excited about this stuff, you know, this initiative. I, I think it's great what you're doing. And maybe you've already given it some thought, maybe. But it's great to encourage women and people to help fill the labor shortage and help out construction. But we really have to touch the other, the 95% that, like, it's one thing to bring more people in but if the people that they're working with don't know how to welcome them and adopt them and change the way they're thinking and the way things have been done the last hundred years then we're just setting people up to fail and this goes for women by pocket like all all you know underrepresented groups so is there any thought or initiatives by your group to reach broader companies like i work for elliston instead of targeting women at elliston i think everybody should have a training like this you know 
oh. to, to make, to make, and I'm not trying to pump you up and she didn't pay me to say this, but it's like, you know, that's what has to change. It's everybody's responsibility. It's not just executives. It's not just women. You shouldn't have to change the way you operate to work fit in the culture. We have to change the whole industry, which sounds kind of daunting. And maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know. Okay, so anyway, I'll Angela, stop. I, I love this question. So I will tell you, this is like our own, like my own journey and getting like the company off the ground and getting the company to where it is today. So when I started working with women in construction five years ago, so we developed a leadership coaching program and I knew pretty early on, probably like the first or se second session that we'd taken women through that like, yes, we can help them with sponsorship. Yes, we can help them become aware that these barriers exist and empower them to get around them, go around them, leverage people to get ahead. But I knew if we really wanted things to change, we actually needed the top down to get involved as well. And we actually need action at all levels of the organization. So executives, we need women, we need HR policies, we need everybody talking about these concepts and talking about it from a cultural perspective. And five years ago, it's so funny. So the Ontario General Contractors Association, I just did a keynote for them on Thursday last week. I think Ellis Don is a member of that organization. It's funny when they called and asked me, I was like, where, where were you five years ago? Like I have been waiting five years to spread the word about this, to talk about this, to take this approach. But the reality is from a cultural perspective and not just the construction industry, I think it's all industries. They weren't really ready to take the conversation that way. And I think it's this belief that it's a women's issue for so long. It's been like, women need to be more confident. Women need to get a mentor. Women need to do all these things. And the burden has been, was been placed on, on the women and women believed that women were going to do all the work. Everybody else believed women were going to do all the work, but recently, and I will say, Angel, this is like literally just in the past month or two, the conversations have shifted. People are becoming more aware. Things have happened in our culture. I also think the talent shortage has made this a top priority agenda. So we are working on many things behind the scenes in that direction. So we do have Wave where we work with companies from the top down. Hey, Andrea, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for I'm coming. Well, well, good to see a great session. Great session this afternoon. Thank you so much. And this is something that you and I have talked about a couple of times. I think one of the challenges where we think about shifting culture, it's quite daunting. It is very much transformational. Is how do you help an organization fail safely in that journey to, to that transformational change? So if something doesn't go well, particularly early on, how do you not, how, how do you help an organization not throw the baby over the bathwater and say, well, that didn't work once or in that particular instance, therefore we're not going to do this. Oh, that is a great question, Michael. And I think it's about putting those systems in place early. So really, and one thing we do is we leverage a coaching approach. So we are not, we don't come in and we don't tell the company what to do. So uh, the coaching approach for us is we lever really le like take a place of curiosity. So, okay, so here's things that we know. Here's things that the data have told us. Like, how is this going to apply in your company? And we work with the client to figure it out and actually more likely the approach that we take is we actually ask more questions than we tell people what to do. So we really work with the client to see because they know their business better. They'll be able to see where it could possibly fail. So really working with the client to figure out like, how, how can we make this move forward? How could you implement this? That's going to work within your systems 
And what do we need to put into place so that we're checking in and measuring? And then the other thing is like really looking at the when. So sometimes you have a hypothesis, you think something's going to work, it's not going to work, but staying above the line, like leaning into that curiosity, really finding out what is the learning, what is the takeaway and how do we move forward? That's kind of how we do it. And I will say one thing that we do at Ambition Theory, and this is something I learned from you, Michael is like we are spreading new ideas. Like we, we're sharing new ideas in the industry and new ideas don't always land. So something that we've applied in our company is so for presentations like this, we will never go out with something that's 100% brand new. We'll probably have like 80% of the stuff that we're doing has been stuff that we've done before and 20% of it is something new and innovative. So that if it doesn't land, we have that 80% of the stuff that we know lands, we know can lead to a solution. So we're not really going kind of all out with something new. And that's kind of the process and how we've developed this expertise over the past five years is just like every time putting something new out there, seeing how it works, seeing how the company applies it, see, seeing if, it, if somebody moves forward with it. And if it doesn't, we learn from it. Sometimes we'll just throw that 20% out, <laughs> try like try a new 20% or we'll kind of like move forward from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Thank you. And I think it's really like shifting the culture. It's not a turnkey approach. So you really can't, you need to come customize it for every organization because every organization's culture is different. The people are different. The systems are different. We, yeah, we definitely, we don't want to make sure we don't, we don't want to set somebody else, somebody up for failure. Great. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for asking the question. So thank you everybody for attending. Thank you for your great questions. Thank you for participating in the chat and I will see you on Wednesday. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a minute to read a review of our podcast. This one is from Angelita in Canada. Andrea is a world-class trainer, coach, and speaker. Her work here on the podcast is evidence of that expertise. As an engineer, I've seen firsthand how difficult it can be for women to thrive in the construction industry. Andrea's advice is not only spot on, it's actionable. I can guarantee that those who take action on Andrea's guidance will find a near immediate impact to their careers and lives and will set themselves up for next level success in the long run. Thank you so much for that generous review. We really love hearing from our listeners and I'm wondering if I can ask you a favor. Can you take a minute and leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts? That really helps us to get the word out so that we can keep making episodes for you for free. Thank you for listening.